Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 4, Paul declares that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Even before Jesus came, people were made right with God not by works, but by faith. In the Old Testament, they looked forward to the coming Savior. In the New Testament, we look back to the Savior that has come. The same cross saves us all. Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 4 and look at this incredible blessing of being made right with God, not by anything that we do, but by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Saturday afternoon here in Texas and uh, hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus. And I think I say it almost every time now, right? Growing to be a more devoted disciple of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's the meaning of our lives is to grow, to be a more loving and disciplined and passionate follower of our Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, we're in Romans 4. We're beginning today, and um, we will, Lord willing, either get uh, hopefully through verses 8 or 12, all right? Um, just uh, just good stuff. First three chapters of Romans, just, I mean, wow. And uh, now as we move into chapter 4, Paul is going to set up... Uh, Abraham, and he's going to use Abraham, the, the great father of the Jewish faith, um, as an example of, of what it means to be made right with God by faith and not by following the, the works of the law or by doing good deeds. So, wow, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you that we have our Bible we thank you for this book of Romans, Father. We thank you that, that your word is truth. Father, we ask you to, to sanctify us by the truth, for your word is truth. Father, above all, though, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, as always, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect, righteous life on our behalf and dying a torturous death on our behalf, and we thank you that you're alive and risen, and we worship you today, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. All right, here we go. Romans 4, verse 1. What then shall we say that Abraham our forefather discovered in this matter. If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. 
Is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them. And he is also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So again, Paul is, remember, he's building an argument here throughout throughout Romans. Um, and I mean, it is, again, uh, the most vital, important understanding for all humanity to have. There's, there's nothing more important for human beings to understand than what Paul's been explaining so far in these first three chapters of Romans. And now he's going to forcefully use uh, the life of Abraham. He's going to quote the Old Testament, the word of God that he had to prove that even Abraham and even in the Old Testament, you were never made right with God by your works and by what you did. Salvation has always been by God's grace, grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. All right. We've explained this before, Becky. Okay. In the Old Testament, the word of God promised that a savior would come, a Messiah would come. And you would put your faith pop, right? in the Messiah that was to come. You had your Bible and, you know, in synagogue, they read that, 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 that the Savior would come and you had faith. You believed in the Messiah that was to come. You looked forward to the cross, so to speak, and were saved by faith. Oh, you, you didn't know the details of it, okay? You and I, right, Rap, we look back to the cross, we put our faith in the Messiah and the Savior, Jesus, who has come, all right? So you see that the same cross, right, Susan, saves all of us, right? Wow, thank you, Lord Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Lord. All right, so you remember Paul, Paul was, uh, you know, he was finishing up, you know, finishing up in chapter three, um, and he says, you know, where then is boasting? Okay, um, in verse 27, it is excluded, meaning, you know, we're not going to stand before God and boast that we deserve to be here. And that's how it would be if we could get to heaven by, by, by living a good life, if we could get to heaven by doing good, if we could go to heaven by following the law or doing right, then when we stood before God, we could take some credit for our salvation, but certainly that's not going to be the case. First of all, none of us could do that. Okay. Sin doesn't, uh, good works don't take away sin. All right. N none of the good we do can ever take away the bad we've done. That's why we need a savior. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if, if our works could take us, could get us to heaven, then, 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 then all that Jesus did would be unnecessary. Do you see that, May? And the absurdity of that, right? 
that God himself, God the Son, the Son of God, came into this world and, and lived a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we could never live, died a torturous death that we should have died and was raised from the dead. All that he went through would be unnecessary, completely unnecessary, if we didn't need him. The scripture is clear that all 8 billion people in the planet, all who ever have lived, need Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of their soul, and to go to heaven when they die. So Paul now is again going to use our great father Abraham here, the great father of the Jewish faith. What then shall we say, verse 1, that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? Well, what about Abraham? Because the Jews would have believed that Abraham certainly would have would have fulfilled God's law even before the law was given. They knew the law was given by Moses, who came hundreds of years after Abraham, but they would have thought that Abraham in spirit lived by the law. Verse 2, all right, verse 1, what then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? Verse 2, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. Okay, so, you know, if in fact that, that he was, you know, going to be made right with God, justified by works, if in fact Abraham was justified by works. What that means is that, that, that he was made right with God. He was declared not guilty of sin and righteous before God by living a good life. Then, then he would be able to stand before God and boast, but no one is going to boast before God. That's certainly not going to happen. It's not possible for it, for it to happen. Verse three, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. This is a paramount point, Stephen. Okay. He's quoting Genesis 15, six here. And Paul, again, now it's important to understand Paul is, is, is verifying this truth by the word of God that he had 39 books in the old Testament, Scott. Paul is quoting the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 here, okay? And it's speaking about Abraham. So Paul says, what does the scripture say? So, that, you know, uh, we ought to note here, right, Esther, that, that, that Paul has a, a proper view of the Old Testament, and it's the view every one of us should have, that it is the living word of God. Okay, the entire 39 books of the Old Testament are the word of God, just as much as the 27 books of the New Testament are the word of God. Now, we as Christians live in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, so to speak, but the entire 66 books of the Bible are all equally the living word of God. And Paul clearly believes that. Okay, what does the scripture say? We need, we need to have a lifestyle more and more, Nathan, where we're, you know, where all we care about is what does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? When someone comes to you, okay, and they want to talk to you about the things of God, all that ought to come out of your mouth in love is, well, what does the scripture say? What does the Bible say? I want to ask you, do you have a lifestyle of that? You have a lifestyle, Chris, of saying, what does the scripture say? Every one of us need to more and more and more and more have a lifestyle of spending time in this Bible. This is why we do what we do, 
Uh, right, Alicia? So that we will know and be able to answer what does the scripture say? Verse three, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Paul's quoting Genesis 15, six here saying, even our great father, Abraham, right? And you notice Paul says in verse one, what then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, okay? Again, he's the father of the Jewish faith. Did he discover that he was made right with God by doing good or by doing or following the law? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So again, even in the Old Testament, Abraham was made right with God, not by anything he did, but by his faith. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham took God at his word. He trusted him. He believed him. He had faith that what God said was true. And that faith was counted to Abraham, was credited to Abraham as righteousness. Abraham wasn't righteous, but it was counted to him or credited to him by his faith, by his belief that he was righteous. It's obviously the same for us. That's how we are made righteous, right? Not by anything we do, but by our belief, by our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done on our place, in our place and on our behalf at the cross, right? It's by believing in Jesus, by trusting in Jesus, by clinging to Jesus, believing in his life, death, and resurrection, right? And clinging to him alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, that we too are made righteous, that we are made right with God by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Wow. Verse four. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. Okay. So Paul now is going to is going gonna, is gonna to break it down for us here, right? Okay. Uh, now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. So again, if we were able to work our way to heaven, so to speak, work our way to be made, to be made, to be, to be made right with God, then, then, you know, God would be obliged to, to, to welcome, welcome us into heaven, Right. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. Okay, so again, God is not going to be obliged to us, okay? Uh, salvation is a gift. It's given to us freely in Jesus Christ. Now, our reward when we get to heaven will be entirely based on our works and how we lived our life, how we used our time, talents, and treasures, right? And Jesus will reward us according to our works as far as our reward in heaven. But as far as being made right with God and going to heaven, that's an absolute gift that's given to us by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him as a gift, but as an obligation. Verse five, however, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, hear that. However, to the man who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I mean, 
let this sink in. Okay, so obviously he's speaking about now being made right with God, okay, coming into relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and ultimately going to heaven when we die. However, the demand who, however, to the man who does not work, he's talking about you're not trying to work your way to heaven. You're not trying to work to appease God, right? You've given up any type of effort to try to, to work your way to heaven or think you could be good enough to get there. However, to the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. So if you have any thought in your mind today, okay, any inkling in your mind lens, right? Like you could work your way to heaven, right? That you could do enough good to get to heaven. We need to completely abandon that one and all. Any thought, any idea that our works can get us to heaven or even help get us to heaven even a little bit, right? However, to the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked. We're, we're trusting Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son. We're trusting completely by faith in what he's done in our place and on our behalf at the cross, okay? To be made right with God, justified, to be declared not guilty of sin, and to be declared righteous before God. Not only that we hadn't done any bad, but there's a positive imputation of good. Golly, it's when, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we genuinely trust in him, right? When we put our full faith and trust and confidence in Jesus alone, that's what it means to believe in him for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. The, the perfect righteous life that Jesus lived when he walked the earth is, is credited, credited to us. It's, it's accounted to us. It's put to our ledger as if we lived it. And all of our sin, past, present, and future sin, past, present, and future sin, is credited to Jesus at the cross it's it's incredible that exchange is the heart of the good news, the heart of the Christian gospel. However, to the man who does not work, but trust God who justifies the wicked, his faith is credited as righteousness. So again, we can't be made right with God by works, but our faith in what Jesus has done, that is what's credited to us as righteousness. <clears throat> We're made right with God not by anything we do, we can't even help it, but by God's grace alone, by a free gift of loan, through faith alone in Jesus alone. Wow. Verse six, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Can't be any more clear, right, Corinne? Look at it, Uncle Dennis. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. So now Paul is referencing, again, he's going to reference the scripture. He's going to reference, uh, I believe it's Psalm 32. Yeah, Psalm 32, 1 and 2. Um, David is going to reference, um, Paul's going to reference David in Psalms 32, Verses one and two. And now again, David, right? King David, the king of Israel. Again, another incredible, incredible father of the Jewish people. Incredible man of God who certainly, you know, walked in some sin in his own life. And it gives hope to all of us as sinners. 
And David understood this concept. Look what Paul says. David says the same thing. So we just said Abraham. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Okay, so again, there's this incredible peace and blessedness and understanding that we're made right with God, that we are credited with the righteousness from Christ apart from any work we do or can do. And it's just such an incredible blessing to understand this, right? David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Verse seven, blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Wow. So again, now Paul is reinforcing his argument here, first with Abraham, now with David, okay? I mean, he's going to get back into David here in the next few verses, uh, back into, into Abraham. But, you know, so Paul quotes David out of Psalm 32, 1 and 2, and David saying, blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven. So we are blessed when our sins are actually forgiven. We can't work off our sin debt. We can't take away our own sin. Our sins need to be forgiven, and that can happen only in Christ, Tommy. Only in Jesus Christ do we have the forgiveness of our sins, the salvation of our soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and entrance into heaven when we die. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Jesus paid, paid it all. At the cross, our entire sin debt, we had a debt to God. Every one of us has a sin debt to God that must be satisfied. We are in debt because we have, we have lived in violation to our creator. And there are two ways for that sin debt to be satisfied, okay? We can trust in Jesus Christ. We can receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can place our full faith and trust and confidence in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. And our immense debt of sin will be paid by Jesus at the cross. There's only one other way to pay that sin debt. And every human being that has not received Jesus Christ will pay their sin debt themselves by spending an eternity in hell. Either way, the sin debt gets paid. Either way, the wrath of God is satisfied. That's why we implore you. That's why we beg you to give your lives to Christ today, to look truly into your heart and say, am I really trusting in Jesus today? Yes, do I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son? Do I believe, as the scripture says, that he came into this world and lived a perfect, righteous life for me and died a torturous death on the cross for me? Do I believe that he is alive and risen? Now, out of that belief, am I, am I really trusting in Jesus or am I trusting in myself? Or am I trusting in some other thought that God will just overlook my sin? Are you trusting truly today? Are you clinging to Jesus, holding to Jesus, knowing he's your only hope for eternal life and that without Jesus, only eternity in hell awaits? Mm. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the man, verse eight, whose sin the Lord will never count against him. That's a remarkable statement. Blessed is the man whose sin, Nathan, the Lord will never count against him. Wow. So again, the only way this happens, the only way your sin is not counted against you is because the price has been paid. The penalty has been paid. The punishment has been paid by Jesus Christ at the cross. As you recall, Paul explained in, in chapter three, right? Uh, you know, in the last chapter, in the last one of chapter three, if you go back and listen to chapter three, 21 to, to 31, you'll see where we spoke about this, right? God just didn't overlook it. All the sins committed before Christ came and Christ came were all put on Jesus at the cross. And only that blessing is only available. That forgiveness is only available in receiving Jesus Christ. Wow. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. All right. Verse nine. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised? So only the Jews had circumcision. Again, it was given to Abraham as a covenant, right? Um, the covenant of circumcision. So now Paul says, you know, he's again, he's wanting to further prove his point. Is this blessedness only for the circumcised, for the Jews, or also for the uncircumcised, the Gentiles, okay? The Jews had this covenant of circumcision, right? The, the, the outward cutting away, right? Of the, of, the, of the infant boy's penis at eight days, right? Um, and, it, and it's a covenant given to the Jewish people. And apparently now is my understanding, it has all kinds of medical benefits. So pretty much everyone does it everywhere. Now it's not a religious thing for people now, right? It's done, isn't it done on the, on the day of a young man's birth, um, of an infant boy's birth? Um, is this blessedness only for the circumcised, which are the Jews, or also for the uncircumcised, which are the Gentiles. We're in verse nine. <clears throat> Paul's asking the question. <clears throat> we have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. So Paul wants to remind you again <clears throat> that Abraham himself, who was clearly circumcised, okay, you know, he was made right, got right with God by faith, right? This blessing of being made right with God apart from doing any works, right? but by trusting in what Jesus has done on your behalf and in your place. Look at verse 10. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. So look what Paul is pointing out here. Paul is saying that, that Abraham was not made right with God it had nothing to do with his circumcision. The Jews had an, uh, just had this tremendous misplaced trust, again, in this outward physical act or work of circumcision. Somehow thinking because the, that, that, that they, they had this sign on their manhood, this cut in their flesh of circumcision, that somehow they were made right with God. Paul says here, under what circumstances was it credited? At what time was Abraham made right with God? Was it after he was circumcised? Was, was Abraham credited with righteousness after circumcision, thereby somehow showing that circumcision had something to do with it? Or was it before? It was not after, but before. That's paramount, right? So before circumcision even came, Abraham was made right with God by faith. 
Therefore, it's not just for Jews because Abraham, before he even had this Jewish sign of circumcision, was made right with God before that even came. Bam. That means it's not just for the Jews, it's for the whole world. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, Abraham, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised. So if you're a believer and you haven't been circumcised or you're not Jewish today, Abraham is still your father, your spiritual father, for he was made right with God spiritually, was received eternal life by faith, not by goods, not by good works, right? So then he is the father of all who believe, but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to them, Gentiles, not Jews, who have not been circumcised, right? Verse 12, and he is also the father of the circumcised, the Jewish people, right? Those who have circumcision, those who have this covenant of circumcision. And he is also the father of the circumcised, who not only are circumcised, they do have the circumcision, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised, before he was circumcised. So again, look at it. So for the Gentiles who never received circumcision, but by faith have received Jesus Christ, we're made right with God and righteousness is credited to non-Jews or Gentiles who have nothing to do with circumcision because circumcision can't save you, can't help save you. And for the Jews who do have circumcision and who are natural descendants of Abraham, that they are only as well made right with God, not by any circumcision, but only, it says, who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Only if just like Abraham, before he was circumcised, you believe God, you believe the gospel, you believe the good news of Jesus Christ, and it is credited to you Jews as well as righteousness. Wow. Righteousness is credited to everyone the same, whether you're Jewish, if you're not Jewish, everyone else who's not Jewish is a Gentile. We're all made right with God by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. It has nothing to do with circumcision, nothing to do with good works. Wow, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we're made right with you, Father, not by anything we've done or can do or help do. We thank you, Father, for Jesus. We thank you, Lord for our faith in Jesus Christ. We just worship you, we thank you, and we praise you today. Lord Jesus, we honor you, we love you, we thank you, and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.